0: You're listening to the Namely Marley Podcast, episode number 35. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Name of the Marley podcast. I'm your host, Marley, and the goal of this podcast is to focus on adding a little creative, healthy, and passion-filled living to your day every day. Today, I'm talking to Rachel Hutchins of the site La Fuji Mama. Rachel has such an interesting perspective on her diet because she was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, lupus, and although some doctors told her that diet would have no impact on her health and this uh, new diagnosis that she was going through, um, They were basically telling her that drugs were the only answer. She was skeptical, and she kept her search going until she found doctors who told her otherwise, and she changed her diet and found some amazing results. Rachel lists a lot of resources uh, in today's episode. All of these things help her stay on track with her diet, Um, and you can learn more about these on the show notes page for today's episode at namelymarlee.com forward slash podcast. There are so many studies showing the impact of food on inflammation. Some make inflammation worse, like dairy and sugar, and some help reduce the inflammation, like turmeric. I highly recommend you check out some of the resources Rachel mentions in today's episode. I don't know, because, you know, you may be experiencing some of the similar uh, conditions or similar um, symptoms. And if you can personally make some of these changes and experiment, you might be, uh, might find yourself in the same boat as Rachel and actually have the opportunity to reduce the amount of medicine that you're on or actually eliminate them altogether. Also, I just feel like it can also be a huge boost to your overall outlook on life, making a personal change and having, you know, get to feel the effects of that. I know for me personally, I was dealing with a lot of issues. I had gut issues. In fact, I think it dates back to like when, even when I was in high school. I remember my mom saying I had a sensitive stomach. That's in air quotes. <laughs> it was true. Um, I had actually had my gallbladder removed, and then after that, I was diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome, which is also an autoimmune disease. And I don't know. It was sometime around then that I started to realize that the main source of my problem was actually dairy, specifically really creamy dairy like uh, butter and um, ice cream. And so the more dairy I gave up, the better I felt. And then I kind of just continued on that path and. Um, The next thing you know, I was vegan and it's been so worth it. This journey has been because today I feel so much better as a result and I'm off all meds. And in fact, interestingly enough, the medicine that one of my doctors prescribed for me ended up being pulled off the market because it caused heart disease. So I'm really glad I didn't take very many of those and that I I just continued to investigate and you know pursue my own health, which is what I think you're going to find in today's interview with Rachel as well. I'm so excited to have her come on the show and to share her story. It's very personal and it's also very inspirational. I hope you enjoy it. So let's get straight to it. Here's today's feature interview with Rachel Hutchins. Hey everyone, I'm happy to have Rachel Hutchins. She's author of the site La Fuji Mama on the show. Hey, Rachel, welcome to the Navy Marley Podcast. Hey,
1: Marley, happy to be here.
0: Well, I am so excited to talk with you. I'm always happy to be talking with you, Rachel. But um, today we're talking about your approach to your diet, especially after you had a certain diagnosis. And I want to talk with you more about that. But first, I was wondering if you could get everybody a, a little bit about your background, specifically like what it was that caused you to start your site and your interest in food and things like that.
1: Uh, well, let's see. Um nine and a half years ago I had my first baby, little girl, and at the time we were living in Tokyo, Japan. Um and I'd kind of been wanting to start a blog so I could have a creative space where I could write about my experiences as a new mom and an expat. Um I'm a bit obsessed with Japan. <laughs> <laughs> and I've decided um that the name should be something that meant something to me. Yeah. So I was a brand new mom, my daughter was 6 weeks old, and we had this incredible view of Mount Fuji from our balcony on a clear day. And so, I just thought, well, I'm a mom and Mount Fuji is right there and I love Mount Fuji, so Fuji Mama. <laughs> <laughs> and then fujimama.blogspot.com was already taken, so I thought, okay, well, I really like Fuji Mama. What else can how can I change that? So wait, we threw in the law um I have an undergraduate degree in French and law is the female of us. so I thought, well, then that kind of explains explains me in a nutshell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you are very eclectic.
1: <laughs> I really am.
0: <laughs> I love that story. So when you started your blog, uh, it was you know about all recipes, right? Where you were, or were you uh, you know focusing on any particular kind of cuisine?
1: I was actually. I started really writing a lifestyle blog. Um, oh. But I wrote about food a lot. I'm, I have loved to eat and cook since I was little. I have um, both of my parents who love to cook. They're very different though. So I yeah. kind of had their influence. Um, so food ended up being on my site a lot, just I hadn't planned it that way. Um, but when we moved back to the US, I thought, well, the whole point of my blog is gone. Do I just stop or do I kind of reimagine this site? And my husband had encouraged me to just start going full-blown food and start posting some of my recipes. And I thought he was insane. I said, yeah. you know, why would anyone want to make my stuff? I'm like, you know, he's like, but your stuff is good and you should share it. And I kind of started to listen finally i'm stubborn um and i i did that and slowly my site transitioned into 100 100 food um and i really kind of just explore the world through through food i love using different ingredients and techniques from other cultures and though there is a huge asian influence in what i make but um you'll you'll find kind of a little bit of everything in there too
0: I love that and and so, um you know, I've talked with you before, and we've talked about blogging and things like that, but today I you know, I follow you on Snapchat, and so um, I was very inspired to see that you were talking about some dishes that you were preparing on Snapchat, and you know you were also um, talking about there were certain foods that you couldn't eat because of your diet. Um, and I was just curious if you could talk a little bit about that, like the diagnosis that you got and and you know how that has impacted you
1: sure um well first i'll start out with saying that my blog has kind of been a spot where i've just it's my positive space you know yeah. i don't like to necessarily be negative on there so it was just you know rainbows and unicorns on there um, <laughs> i like that space but- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too yeah. but snapchat as a medium has kind of given me a way to be a bit more open about what my day-to-day can be like. And that has been really empowering. Um, and I think part of what I've been going through over the past um, five years, it has been able to come out a little bit. And I've been mm-hmm. able to share that in a way that is authentic. And I don't feel like I have to edit myself 12 million times over like I do in a post. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> um So that that has really been therapeutic for me. And so when you reached out to me about that, I was like, all right, I think it's time. (laughs) (laughs) Having Um, an impact, yes. Yeah, and just getting to share that part of who I am, you know, that didn't really fit in with what I wrote about on my site. Um, So five years ago, I was feeling like any normal person. And then kind of basically, one day I was feeling good and the next day, I was feeling rotten. Like I had the flu or I, who knows what, and it wasn't getting better. And I started to put on a bunch of weight. I was feeling achy. I was feeling sick to my stomach, all kinds of things. And I thought I am pregnant. <laughs> 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 I, I am totally, you know, the, the writing is on the wall. I am pregnant and seven home pregnancy tests later, negative, negative, negative. I thought, okay, maybe I'm not, I'm going to go see the doctor. I go to the doctor. She says, "Nope, you're not pregnant, but everything's a-okay. You know, nothing to worry about." And I thought, "No, everything's not okay. I feel horrible." Yes. (laughs) And um, my husband was super supportive and just said, "You know, no, you're not okay. You're, you know, there's obviously something going wrong." So we talked to a couple different doctors. Um, I found myself uh, seeing an endocrinologist because of some of the blood work numbers that we were getting back. were a little off. Um, he diagnosed me with, um, polycystic ovarian syndrome and said I was, um, insulin resistant and put me on a bunch of medication. Well, you know, whenever I get a set of blood work back, I always sit down and I look up all the terms on the internet because I want to understand what they're telling me. Um, I That's want to be so able to smart. Under- yeah, well I want to be able to understand my own body and instead of just saying, Oh, okay, you know, whatever you say. Yes. And the more I read, the more I was thinking, this doesn't make sense to me. You know, like my testosterone levels are normal and they really shouldn't be for this diagnosis. And this is nor you know, oh, it just means right. it was not fitting. And so I got a second opinion <laughs> and they were saying, Yeah, I really don't think so, but you know, let's look, you know, has anyone looked at this or looked at this? And that started me down this kind of domino effect of a path where one thing led me to another and the doctors would be sure that it was going to be this. And then they would do such and such tests and it wouldn't be. And um, at one point in the process, I had had uh, some biopsies taken um, because one doctor thought I had celiac disease and she had diagnosed me off of a blood test. And because of my research, I said, no, I need to have biopsies done. You can't diagnose off of a blood test. And I finally got her to order the biopsies. So I went in for the biopsies. And after I came out, I talked to the gastroenterologist. And he said, you know, depending on how this test comes back, he's like, you need to stop looking because you're just going to cause harm or cause further problems.
0: So don't worry about your health right how you feel. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And I, I thought I went home just like, just in shock and pretty pretty devastated. (laughs) And I thought, you know, maybe, maybe this is all in my head. Maybe I am crazy. And I'm, I mean, it was, it was devastating. And, but I just felt so sick. And in a follow-up with, I think it was with the Internist actually who had initially tried to diagnose celiac disease. She had said, you know Has anyone ever told you to follow up with a rheumatologist? Um, because this this one number is coming back and I'm, I'm saying a room what you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and So she gives me a referral and sends me over to the rheumatology department and I get in In like a two-week span, which I now know was super abnormal um, Usually you have to wait for months because there are never enough rheumatologists And it turned out that they were short-staffed and had pulled in um, a doctor out of retirement. He had been the previous head of the rheumatology department. And because they had pulled him in, it just caused some openings that they wouldn't normally have. Mm. So I had this really unique opportunity to work with the previous head of rheumatology. And he took one look at my numbers and you know one look at me and said it's not in your head there's something going wrong obviously let's figure it out oh
0: that um, felt good i'm sure
1: oh my goodness yeah it was just like really you you promise it's not in my head because i'm feeling a little crazy <laughs> <laughs> and within i'm trying to remember it was within three months two and a half months he had given me the diagnosis of Raynaud's, which um you have decreased circulation in your hands and your feet. Is that where people their
0: hands get almost white when they sometimes? Yeah,
1: well, it can be white or blue. There are different colors it can turn. Yeah. Um and it's it's like you you have frostbite yes. in your fingers and toes without cold temperatures. But it
0: stays there for a while too, right?
1: Yeah, it can. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It just kind of depends. Um and then he also diagnosed me with Sjogren's syndrome, which is um, a disease where your immune system attacks your exocrine glands, which are the glands that excrete things like tears, saliva, um, and other mm-hmm. things. And then he also made a note. This was about the time where he was about to go back into retirement because they <sighs> had, you know, some new doctors coming in, and he had made a note in my chart saying, you know, this is what we've found so far, but I don't think we have the full picture. You know, watch X, Y, and Z. So. Few months later when i had a follow-up with the new doctor he started keeping track of those things and about it was i think six to eight months later they gave me um the final diagnosis of lupus as the primary which i guess it's super common or relatively common for some of these types of autoimmune diseases to bundle together mm. um so if you've got one it's not uncommon that you have another or even mm. two others nice that makes it good and confusing yeah, well, and it makes diagnosis really difficult. I think the average time uh, t- it takes to diagnose lupus is something like seven years. I mean, it's insane. Wow. Um, be- because a lot of these di- a lot of these diseases can kind of mimic each other, and it's this process of elimination that can be extraordinarily difficult. Especially because you make your appointment, and you could actually be doing really well, and maybe your your numbers aren't as strong, and you know, it's just it's tricky. Right. So I got really, really lucky. <laughs> really lucky.
0: You mean that it only took you two years?
1: Two and a half, yeah. Two and a half.
0: <laughs> that still seems like a long time, but yes, okay.
1: Yeah. Um it it seemed like a long time to me yeah. too. But I have to look at, you know, what other people have gone through yeah. and just feel so grateful. You know, I could still be waiting and feeling crazy. And when
0: you went home, I'm sure if it were me, you'd go home immediately and start looking up lupus. I mean, did it did it resonate with you? You're like, yes, this is it.
1: Yeah, I mean, as soon as we started exploring some of those types of autoimmune diseases and I was reading lists of common symptoms and I'm yes. going, oh my goodness, this is me. <laughs> and, you know, and then kind of freaking out, like, okay, well, which one is me? And Because they all have different ramifications. Right. Um, and then there's a lot of crossover as well. But can we talk a little bit about the symptoms that you were experiencing? Yeah. Um, so the crazy weight gain, I gained 25 pounds in a two month period. Um, when before I had always been able to maintain about the same body weight I'd had since I, I was in high school. Um, you know, I gained a lot of weight with babies, but I was always able to lose it. And, you know, had just always been able to maintain a pretty healthy body weight and so the weight gain was crazy i had just body aches all over my joints hurt i just ached i felt like i had the flu all the time um my eyes hurt my mouth hurt i went to the dentist and i had eight cavities at one time yeah like insane things and they're saying you need to floss more you need to brush more and i'm going i i brush like three times a day and i floss every day i promise and no you know i felt like i felt crazy
0: yeah your body was betraying you
1: it seriously was i yes. mean she You start to think well am i imagining brushing my teeth <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously.
0: and then you, you'd get like paranoid so you're brushing all the time that's bad for your teeth too so
1: yeah so what about do they do they know what causes lupus they don't um yeah. the the research there is slow going um as with basically all of the autoimmune diseases, they don't know what causes right. them. There, there can be a genetic link. Um, there isn't always. So there is some history of auto, autoimmune disease in my family, um, but not this. So. Yes. <laughs> I get that. I mean, I
0: I was diagnosed with um, irritable bowel syndrome, and which is considered an autoimmune uh, disease as well. And so I mean, there's just, there's just so many factors that are involved with something like that. But for me, it was a change in my diet that really made the biggest difference. So can you talk a little bit about like, okay, so, you know, you've got this diagnosis, and you're starting to reflect on it, and things are making sense to you. But like, you know, was it medicine they wanted to put you on? I mean, how did you handle that?
1: Yeah, they put me on a bunch of different things. Um, I mean, it was also affecting my thyroid, so they had to, uh, um, I had low th- thyroid activity, so they were giving me thyroid medication. They put me on, um, oh, I'm totally going to blank on what it's called, but it's a medication that, it's an anti-malarial drug, which is oh, wow. one of the longest standing drugs that they use to treat some of these autoimmune diseases.
0: Oh,
1: wow. Um, and so they put me on that, and I, I, I don't know. I like my liver um, enzyme numbers starting started to look really bad. Um, from you know, the hot No, just from the disease. Oh, okay. Uh, from my from my immune system being out of control. I see. Um, and you know they started to talk about the possibility of doing chemo, which is what they do to try and get your immune system in check basically saying stop working because your immune system is literally attacking your body
0: god that's crazy
1: and that yeah that freaked me out so i went back and i asked my doctor and i said you know is there anything i can do whether it be a type of exercise or a change in exercise style or a change in my diet, whether it be things I don't eat anymore or things I eat more of or anything. Is there anything I can do that can help? And my, my doctor looked at me and he goes, diet has nothing to do with this. I mean, he he like bit my head off. Um, <laughs> I went home thinking, there is no way. I don't yeah. believe this. Because say you have high blood pressure, there are things the doctor is going to tell you to do to make Don't changes. Don't eat salt.
0: yeah. Exercise right. every day. Right.
1: Right. Or or high cholesterol, or type two diabetes, or right. I mean, there are all these conditions and diseases where there are things that aren't necessarily going to cure it, but they are for sure going to help. Yeah. Or at least. You know not make things worse <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so at that point I started to read anything I could get my hands on um, that related to the immune system and diet and exercise and it was just a few months after that happened that we moved we were in California at the time we moved to Utah and so I had to find a new rheumatologist and I got one at the University of Utah which has a fantastic rheumatology department Hmm. Each one of their doctors specializes in like one tiny aspect of autoimmune diseases. Wow. Um, and that's like all they do. You know, they really specialize, so they really know their stuff. And the doctor I was given, I, I asked her that same question, and she says, Absolutely. Oh, wow. <laughs> she said, All the newest research is showing that there is a huge connection between the gut and the, um, the brain, the immune system, and all these different things, and um, that there were several diets and things we could try to see what my body would respond to. And that was the other thing that I really loved, is she wasn't saying, oh, this is this cookie cutter thing. Yes. She was saying, you know, your body is unique, and we have to figure out what is going to work for it. And that really made sense to me. So that was, let's see, that was two and a half years ago, and... They started me on this kind of, um, after doing some blood work, they started me on an elimination diet where basically they gave me this long list and I eliminated everything for six months. Basically, to kind of give my body a a chance to heal from any inflammation that was being exacerbated by possible foods that I was eating.
0: And processed, particularly processed foods, right? Yes,
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: But um, any food that, you know, causes your body to react a certain way, I see what you're saying. So what, what would you eat on an elimination diet, like
1: oatmeal every day? You know, we initially took, they took me off oats. They took me off of gluten. They took me off of a bunch of grains. They took me off of legumes, um, all the nightshades, so like eggplant, tomatoes, peppers, mushrooms. Um, they took me off of soy and, of course, things like uh, preservatives, dyes, MSG. Um, they took me off of sugars, corn. <laughs> so I, oh, I think I was about six weeks into it. And I'm kind of looking at the list of what I couldn't eat. And it kind of dawned on me that it looked pretty paleo. Um, <laughs> so at that point, I started to read up on paleo and I went, like, Oh, things I can eat. <laughs> yes. And that sparked You know, definitely some positive thinking because it was pretty discouraging to walk out of a doctor's office with a list of, like, 30 things I couldn't eat for six months. I mean, six months is a long time. It is a long time. So, kind of figuring out the whole paleo way of looking at things was really, really good for my emotional uh, perspective. Yeah. And so, I kind of started playing with that. And um, I started to feel... Definitely better. It wasn't like this miraculous change. I know some people, you know, they go off of some things and within weeks they feel amazing. And that wasn't, wasn't me, but, um, there was definitely some gradual change. And even my husband said, you know, this is working. And, um, he's like, you're just more yourself. Like we couldn't really put our finger on what it was, but I was just more myself. Yes. So when we went back in for blood work, to follow up, you know, at the end of six months, um, my liver enzymes were completely normal. Wow. Um, My inflammation markers were lower. I mean, it was just obvious that things were working. Good. And based on some other blood work, we basically kept out most of the foods that we had taken out. Um, We were able to add in some of the nightshades and some grains and legumes on a limited basis. So that's kind of where I've been since until beginning of this year. And what happened at the
0: beginning of this year?
1: Well, my doctor, I mean, she'll, every time I see her, she says, well, have you tried this? I mean, it's, <laughs> That's it's great. always this kind of, yeah, it's this tweaking act. <laughs> and she said, you know, I'm wondering if you would be game to try something. And I said, sure, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll try anything. <laughs> yes. Um, she said, you know, there's some, there's some really good information coming out on going plant-based and, she said, and we're talking whole foods, plant-based, not just vegan because, you know, Oreos are vegan and we don't want you eating Oreos. Right. <laughs> so, you know, kind of what I'd been doing before, but basically taking out meat and eggs, everything else I, you know, I had taken out dairy yes, two years before that. And I'd, we'd taken everything else out, but it was finally taking out those um, animal proteins. And she said, you know, but I'm not going to require six months of you. She's like, just give me six weeks and let's see what happens. So that was um, like mid-February, I think. And I did it. Um, I had an appointment with her uh, like right at the end. They drew my blood. And then basically the next day, we left on a vacation for Japan as a family. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd been really religious about doing everything that she'd asked me to do. But when we went to Japan, I was like, eh, I'm just... You know,
0: you're gonna have soy, right? Or you know. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I'm I'm gonna have some meat, and like it's just soy sauce. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's it's harder. It's a harder place to have dietary restrictions. Yes. Um. So I just thought, you know, I'll just do my best to eat as best as I can, and it is what it is. Right. Well, by the end of our trip, I was like, I had terrible headaches. My joint pain was crazy. My oh. fatigue level was sky high. And, you know, this wasn't like jet lag. I don't really jet lag. You know, I just thought this is different than travel fatigue. What is going on? Yes. So we got home and I went right back on the strict whole foods, plant-based eating approach. And within a week, every single one of those symptoms had cleared up. And I thought, I am never going back. That was so awful. I can't I can't do it again.
0: You can't even enjoy your vacation then.
1: Yeah. And it was that same week, I think, um, that I got a call with my blood work results and my SED rate, which is one of the inflammation markers and some other numbers were almost completely normal, which is wow. crazy. So yeah, that was huge for me. She also... Um, had suggested some things to read and a couple of those have just kind of given me the science behind it, um, which is probably why she suggested them. because She knows I like to try and understand, yes. um, that really the books really got into why things work or why they think things work. And, um, that has been really empowering also because there are days where I just want to eat what I want to eat. You know, I used to yeah. be able to eat everything and I prided myself on being able to eat anything. Yeah even weird things. And so to be in a position where I'm so restricted it can be really discouraging. Yeah. Um, but having that information under my belt is really powerful because when I start to have those days, I think, oh, but Dr. So-and-so said X, Y, and Z and the studies show. Nope. Okay. Not going there.
0: <laughs> Do you have the name of those books?
1: Um, My favorite, and I think my family and my friends are getting sick of hearing about it because mm. it the book, that book alone has been life-changing. It's called How Not to Die. Oh, yeah, by, by Dr. Greger. Yes.
0: Yeah, I actually had him on the podcast not too long ago.
1: Oh, I have to go listen to that one. Yeah,
0: it's he's great. I love I love his site, nutritionfacts.org, too.
1: Oh, so, so do I. And yes. he has a free app, too, called Daily Dozen. I I love that
0: app, yes. I
1: love that app. Yes. his way of presenting information on nutrition is... Yes. Incredible.
0: I agree. He has these uh, short video clips, uh, just so people know. I mean, I think they know, they probably have seen or or heard of him before, but I like the science-based approach to, you know, understanding these studies and how they impact our health uh, and maybe how they might be funded by, you know, different organizations that impact the study results. So he's, he's really good. Very informative.
1: He has this way of Writing too that makes it so accessible to someone who has no medical background, right? um, Without making you feel stupid, you know, like saying, "Well, of course you wouldn't know about this," but you know, this is how to look at it. And and he's got a great sense of humor too, which he does, (laughs) which I love.
0: (laughs) But you know, I think a lot of doctors they speak in, you know, they've created this private language. Lawyers do this too; they all have their own language, which makes us feel like outsiders to it all. And so they're telling you these diagnosis that's this multi-syllable word that can be a little scary. And, you know, they speak in all these terms you don't understand. Like, you know, like you said, rheumatoid, a rheumatologist, even just their, the titles they have. So I think right. when you meet a doctor like that, that can break it down and just be like a real person, that's that's so nice.
1: That's so true. And I love that you brought lawyers into that. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm a lawyer, right? <laughs> I, uh, but I haven't practiced in, well, yeah, 10 years, so, or eight years, anyways, but I remember in law school, basically feeling like I was learning a new language, which it is, you know, so, so it is, it can be very um, kind of off-putting to people, I think, and it's almost like. It's a little bit snobby too, if it's you're really. talking to people in that yes. way and, right. and then looking down on them because they're not understanding you. So yes. he's, he's kind of a genius.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. And so you re- I didn't actually realize he has a section in his book on lupus.
1: He doesn't, but he, I think he maybe mentions it, but he talks about autoimmunity Autoimmune. and okay. Interesting. Well, yeah, that's
0: I, he's got some great stuff. Did you have another book that you would read that would help?
1: Um, I had read a few other things. Like, there's the China Study. Yeah. There's um, oh, there are a couple others I read. But then I read his book, and it was kind of like actually my neighbor is reading his book, and she said to me um, recently, she said she's read a bunch of those too. She's actually gone plant based almost about the same time as I did. And she said, it's like all the books I've read all rolled into one times 10. (laughs) (laughs) And I would agree. I mean, I I think I would if someone asked, I would tell them that book and don't bother with anything else until you've read that book.
0: Yes, I love that. Uh, I think that's great advice, too. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about what your diet looks like now and, and the differences, because you do some things besides, I mean, you know, beyond plant-based, like you don't eat gluten. And I, I know you and I have talked about (laughs) that you don't eat peanut butter, which (laughs) I'm only laughing because it's, thanks to you, I've, I've given up peanut butter and I don't even know if I'm going to do this forever, but, um, at this, I have, you know, I'm on a little reprieve from peanut butter and I will say, I mean, it is very hard to give up, but at the same time, I think I do feel better.
1: Yeah, every time we try adding peanuts back in, it's a disaster. And Mm. my rheumatologist told me to kind of expect that. She says, you know, peanut is a legume, but even more so than the other legumes, it has this inflammatory effect. And there are a lot of people who struggle with it. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I just, I will occasionally cheat um, and have a little bit of peanut butter, but I basically stay away from it and stick with almond butter and sun butter and cashew butter, and you know there are all kinds of other things out there
0: I see, so you can have some butters, just not peanut butter,
1: yeah, I have no problem with any of the other nuts it's just peanuts
0: and what about um what about gluten? you don't eat gluten i don't eat gluten um is that another inflammatory marker
1: that one <laughs> that one is actually i um had based on a suggestion of actually, so my primary doctor, my primary care doctor and my rheumatologist now kind of are working together. And um, I I don't remember one of them about a year ago, maybe, or two years ago, I guess it's been longer than that, um, had said, well, you know, we think you might have this genetic thing going, you know, let's just, it's blood test, and then we'll know and whatever. So we did the blood test and it came back that, yes, I have this genetic mutation." And the, the research it, so all this knowledge came because of the Human Genome Project back in yeah. uh, when like 2000 yeah. I forget um,
0: two or three yeah.
1: yeah, it's like, yeah, I think maybe 2003. Yeah. Um, so And because of that, they've recognized that there are some of these mutations that can cause certain disorders and diseases and this particular one can cause a whole host of things but one of the other things they found is that um, those people with this mutation especially depending on how many copies they have um, of the mutation have a really hard time digesting dairy and gluten Mm. so they tend to recommend that you just go off of those things just because the body like, so we don't have celiac disease, but our body doesn't know what to do with those things. And so it's, it's kind of like putting vegetable oil into a car, you know, the car is just not, it's, it's going to be very taxing on the car or putting in really crappy gas, right? Like the car just can't, isn't going to function well. And that causes wear and tear. So I could have dairy and gluten, but my body is just going to be really struggling.
0: Well, it's so interesting that you say that because I gave up gluten a few years ago and I went, you know, I was, I was done with it and I probably didn't eat any of it for a year. And then I slowly, I don't know what happened, but I slowly started like a little bit with, you know, my mom would fix a cake and and it would be vegan. And so I would go ahead and have a slice and Next thing you know, it's like I'm eating it every day again, and uh, I was just feeling so terrible. And so when I saw your Snapchat, it's like, okay, I'm going to try this again because you you had just mentioned like, I'm fixing this for my family, but I'm not going to eat it because I don't want to feel like crap or something like that. (laughs) And maybe you you probably said it much more nicely than that.
1: (laughs) Who knows? It depends on the day.
0: (laughs) But I thought, you know what, I'm inspired by that. I think I even, you know, directly uh, chatted with you a little bit about that. And so it inspired me because Sean and I play tennis all the time and I have just felt so bad lately. Like, like you were saying, like my joints were hurting, I felt achy. And so I just, I said, okay, that's it. I'm going to go back off of gluten and be very strict about it. And sure enough, I mean, you know, you're always going to have aches and pains after you work out, but it's not like that sustained and super achy kind of feeling.
1: Right. Totally.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, my theory is like, I just want to feel as good as possible. And I know I have a history of autoimmune disease. I, in fact, I even had my gallbladder removed and, and later my doctor, and this was a a long time ago, but my doctor after that said, yeah, they've now linked dairy intolerance with gallbladder disease. It's like, sometimes I think, I wish I would have known that. I would have just given up dairy rather than lose an organ,
1: you know? Well, that's so funny you say that because there's so many people out there, even in the past few months since I've made this change, this most recent change, I've had people say, oh, I could never give up whatever. And I think, really? Like, if it meant, you know, losing a gallbladder or having heart failure or dying of whatever, like, really? You couldn't give it up? Right. (laughs) It's uh. true because you know
0: I honestly feel like uh, as far as diet is concerned, like I have had this little internal monitor inside my stomach, and if I eat the wrong thing, it zaps me.
1: <laughs> so, For sure, and I, I, think, mean, I think I think <laughs> I think you probably feel it more too because you've given your body the chance to yeah. try going without it. Yeah, um, you become much more sensitive because your body has been given time to heal. Yes. So yeah. So you thing don't I- have. You don't have those calluses. Go ahead. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, I was just going to
0: say the other thing I really like about this way of eating is I feel much more relaxed. I don't know how to explain this, but I think I was very calorie conscious before. And now, I think after giving up the foods that maybe were causing inflammation and causing me to not feel great... I feel like I'm able to eat in a very relaxed, um, not counting calorie way and and maintain my weight and that feels really good.
1: Well, you know, I, I don't remember if it was Dr. Greger or if it was from another book or lecture that I watched or read, but someone said, you basically, people don't get fat from eating plants. Yes, and there was that one study. I think this was in Doctor. Gregor's book where they did a study um, of people who ate nuts versus people who didn't. Yes, and the people who ate nuts, they were able to prove through a double blind study that people don't get fat off of eating nuts, which are some of the you know things that are higher in fat.
0: Yes, but they provide so many nutrients, and uh, somehow it just offsets. I mean, I know there's, I I know he goes into the phytonutrients and all the. You know, he can probably name all that stuff, and it feeds your gut bacteria, and that gut bacteria, you know, they it can take care of a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, and yeah. provides some nutrients that are harder to get, like selenium from Brazil nuts. I mean, yes. pretty incredible. Little powerhouses.
0: <laughs> I know, so it's probably good to have a Brazil nut, you know, probably at least every other day, or do you have them every day?
1: I don't have them every day, I think, I mean, because yeah. you can eat too much. You can, Um, Brazil nuts are one that you actually do have to be careful about, but I think like three or four a week is their recommendation. I can totally be wrong. So don't quote me on that
0: yeah we have some see I have like walnuts I have uh, brazil nuts I have um I just love to have nuts around and but walnuts I have actually just like out on the counter and and the interesting thing is the flavor of walnuts are not one that causes me to want to eat a whole bunch of them anyway I'm fine with just eating one or two uh, you know as I'm preparing dinner or something and and I'm good
1: oh for sure my danger zone is cashews (gasps) they're so good I could eat my weight in cashews <laughs> and then some. <laughs> I know. They are so good.
0: Do you, do you eat them straight or do you, you know, like, I mean, do you ever put, like, things like honey
1: on them or things like that? Um, I tend to, I love them roasted and salted. Um, yeah. And, in fact, have you ever had um, the nuts from the company, what is it called? Oh, Back to Nature. Yes. So, they don't have any, o- they don't add any oils in the roasting process. So, it's just the nuts and some added salt. So, you get the pure flavor of the nuts. Oh. Those, I love that. Ca- those cashews are like candy. They're so good.
0: <laughs> they're so good. And you don't mind eating them because they feel they're good for you.
1: Oh, yeah. I have to like limit myself or else I'll eat the whole bag. <laughs> <laughs> that that would get expensive. <laughs> it
0: could get expensive, yes. And then I, Sean and I like to joke about. Well, he does more than me, but it's like this this idea of your future self. So he could eat the whole bag today, but then his future self tomorrow wouldn't be able to have some. So,
1: <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! <laughs> a,
0: it, he's a very disciplined person.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: I love it too. So, so then the end story is happy. You made some of these changes to your diet, and now you feel great.
1: I mean, I'm not perfect, right. but. Um, I'm really curious to see what the future holds because I could totally see a point where I might be completely in some sort of remission. I think, Mm -hmm. um, as you know, with some things, it can take years to, to heal. And I, I don't know. I based on how long I've been doing it and feeling the way I do. I mean, I feel the best I've felt in five years easily. Um, I'm really excited to see what my body can do after it's given more time to heal. Yeah. So I just have to make sure that I allow it to do that.
0: That's true. I didn't even think about the fact that your body has been through a lot in the last five years and it has to heal from some
1: of that. Yeah, it doesn't happen overnight. That's for sure. (laughs) Exactly. And
0: um, are you on any kind of meds still?
1: I am. um, But they, at my last appointment, they reduced my thyroid um dosage my thyroid medication dosage and i've been taken off um two other meds and then the anti-malarial one i don't know what they'll do with that one um the side effects on that one are almost non-existent and so and that one kind of stops the progression of the disease so i think Um, they'll be a lot more cautious in taking me off of that one we'll see
0: yeah, I think it's it's so exciting. I think it's an example of, you know, I think I am all for western medicine. I never want to come across as the kind of person who would, you know, want to treat cancer by meditating and drinking tea. I I I think there's ways where, you know, western medicine can be enhanced through diet and meditation and all that kind of stuff, but I'm definitely for western medicine and this you know, I love science.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, but I think we've gone We've gotten cocky as yes. well, and we have forgotten the wisdom of our some of what our ancestors knew. I think I, um, I think they need to go hand in hand.
0: Yes. Completely. I completely agree with that. So I think uh, your story, just I was so intrigued by it. And I think I had mentioned to you earlier that I was talking to a family member at the holidays, which is what kind of reminded me, like, we have got to talk and get this on the podcast because she has been going through pain for years. And I just think how many people might be out there that are experiencing you know, similar symptoms and, and lupus may not be on, on their checklist and they may not be as aggressive as you at you know, trying to get this diagnosis right. And so hopefully people go look this up and and if they're experiencing this kind of pain, go talk to their doctor and see if this is... Uh, I, I assume there's a couple of tests that they can be run and then that can help them get the diagnosis?
1: Yeah, it's its a long road. I mean, again, they have to rule out a lot of other things. Yes. But there are definitely tests to kind of get you going down the path. And whether it leads to that or something else, I think um, part of it is just finding the right person to, you know, yeah. look at the right piece.
0: Yeah, So. And- what about your site can they go to your site for some great plant-based recipes now
1: yes it is slowly at this point i'm not gonna make this big announcement that right i'm plant-based i mean i don't (laughs) i never want to alienate someone people feel very um they're very protective of how they eat and that i think i think that is a very personal decision
0: i agree um
1: I am just going to be putting, you know, my site reflects how I eat and my family eats. So there may be sometimes things on there that aren't because.
0: Yes, I get that. I mean, for example, Sean's not gluten free, so I still fix recipes that are not gluten free and I share them on the site for him. So
1: I agree. For with sure. You. Yeah. The interesting thing is, is um, when I did my initial six week challenge, um, my husband said, uh, when I was about, I think two weeks in, mm-hmm. he said, "You know what? I'm going to do it with you. I'll do oh. the next four weeks with you and just see how I feel." He's a type one diabetic, so oh. um, he so he has <laughs> an autoimmune disease. I'd say
0: that's an autoimmune t- autoimmune yeah. disease too. Yeah,
1: yeah. So he was just kind of curious to see what it would do for him, and he has he hasn't stayed completely plant based. He will occasionally, like if we go out for Indian food. He will have chicken tikka masala. That is his weak spot. (laughs) Um, But and he will occasionally have dairy. He does a lot of traveling for business, and it can be very hard to find vegan options. But it's a lot easier to find vegetarian. Yes. Uh, But other than that, he is he is plant based with me, and we're slowly transitioning transitioning our kids. Maybe not completely plant based, but more more plant-based.
0: I love it. That is, I mean, in other words, he joined with you and he enjoyed it so much that, you know, he's making some changes to his diet as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, it wasn't huge for him. Partially, I think because his diabetes is extremely well controlled. He's a very healthy diabetic. Um, but, but he said he definitely felt better. So it definitely made a change for him too. I mean, enough that he's willing to stick with it.
0: Oh, that's awesome! I love it. Okay, so you know me, I I like to uh, ask some fun questions at the end. So let's let's ask a few fun questions.
1: Let's so, do it. What's your favorite food? Oh man, <laughs> um, let's see. Lately, I think it changes. <laughs> yeah. um, lately I think. The thing i've been eating the most lately well besides cashews (laughs) oh my goodness maybe cashews um avocados and partly it's the the time of year i love
0: avocados i I was kidding i was in my mind i was thinking she's gonna say avocados
1: (laughs) well you know i am a california girl i grew up there so avocados and I'm Good a Southern life. California girl. It's avocado country, so.
0: <laughs> I love avocados. We have three sitting on our counter right now. It's like I check them every day. Are you ready to be eaten? You know they're just not ready yet. But do you have a favorite way you fix them?
1: Um, yeah, sliced with salt and lime juice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> with
1: tortilla chips, or
0: just eat them plain, or what?
1: Oh, no, just plain. In oh. fact. They don't do it so much anymore. But when my girls were smaller, I would slice an avocado in half, and they would each get a half and a spoon, and that oh. was one of their favorite treats. Really, not so much. Not so much anymore. They've kind of moved on to other things. But yeah,
0: you know, I did not try my first avocado till I was like, I was like twenty three or twenty four. I thought they looked like the most disgusting things <laughs> in the world. I would never <laughs> try them. I of course, I grew up in a super small town in Missouri, and you know, I just didn't like anything that looked green. But I just remember I, when I get that. someone showed me some guacamole, I just thought, oh, gross. But then I, you know, I tried it, I hated it, and then I tried it again. I think it was at Chipotle, and then I fell in love. <laughs> and I've been an avocado fan ever since.
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad because I don't know if we could be friends. if No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a deal breaker, right? <laughs> yep. No. Okay, what's a band or singer you can never get tired of hearing?
1: Um... That changes too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my, my, again, my kids, well, you know, they're young, so they kind of d- dominate what life is about. But, um, we are obsessed lately with Brandy Carlisle. Oh, I, don't I know love if- Brandy. We just saw her in concert. Oh, oh my goodness. I am so jealous. Oh, so
0: right there. Yeah. We're probably 50 feet away from her.
1: Yes. We play this game when we're in the car where everybody takes a turn choosing a song to play. Yeah. And, and then we just kind of cycle back through everybody. And right. It's like, every other song is Brandy Carlo So
0: oh. love her. She is amazing. And I love that her lyrics are, are both strong, but also, you know, you, you know, that that woman has been through some stuff, you know, it's just, it's very touching.
1: Oh yeah. Her voice is so yeah genuine. It's just not forced. Like she has this sound and it is her. She owns it.
0: Yes, she definitely owns it. And the twins that she performs with. Oh, my God. They are so... I mean, I can oh. just watch them. They look so happy.
1: Oh, love I mean, it. You I you have great taste. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you do, too.
1: <laughs> okay. Thank you.
0: Tell me, what inspires you?
1: Um, Life. Let's I, go. I think I've had times where living life was exhausting and tough. And I think I just love being able to live it and find joy in whatever each day brings. And yeah, just life. That's beautiful. Rachel, how can people find you online? Well, my website, which is lawfujimama.com. Um, they can find me on Instagram, uh, let's see Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat and Periscope at lawfujimama or Twitter at Fujimama.
0: Wonderful. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me, Rachel. I had a
1: wonderful time. Oh, thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks so much to Rachel Hutchins for being my guest on today's episode of the Namely Marley podcast. If you'd like more information about today's show, just head over to the show notes page at NamelyMarley.com forward slash podcast. I hope you're loving the Namely Marley podcast. If so, there are a couple of ways you can help support the show. Head over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave a review. That really makes a big difference. It helps the show get shared with more people. You can share the show personally with your friends and family on social media, or you can share about it on your own blog or podcast. All of these are helpful and really mean a lot. So until next time, may health and happiness come your way today.